Hawks Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Michael Bumpus, Paul Moyer, Hawks Live every Thursday at 7 right here on 710 ESPN. And this is the moment of the show. That's defense two weeks in a row, Paul. And should be. <laughs> we got, we're talking hey man, brother, to corner DJ Reed. DJ, how you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, my girl, she's doing an interview, too, right now. So you can probably hear her. Hey. So my fault if you could hear her, but I'm doing good. Y- your- yours is more important because uh, the whole world's listening right now. <laughs> no worries, man. I got you. Power couple all day. Hey, so, DJ, you're from Cali, Bakersfield. I'm from Cali. I'm from Culver City. I was telling my okay. guy, Paul Moyer, right here. Who's what? That Cali too. He's Little Orange County. Orange County. Orange County. We got it all covered. So I grew up liking the 49ers, unfortunately. Who was your team growing up? My team was the Colts, ironically. Wow. Um, wow. I don't even know why. I just like the Colts. I like Peyton Manning. Bob Sanders was a dog. Bethia, um, Dwight Freeney. They had, you know, Tony Gonzalez. They had all type of. Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was my team growing up. So I, I'm reading yeah. uh, Independence High School, which I'm going to ask a, a, a bit here, Kansas State University, Cerritos College. So I went to Fullerton Junior College. So I got a little okay. love for yeah, my for my JC guys back we back yeah. when I was playing. We we There's some good teams. Cerritos, some really good teams. So just talk about that. Yeah. Cerritos? How you got there yeah. from Bakersfield, and then and then and then the transition to K State. Yeah, so I walked on to Fresno State my true freshman year. Didn't work out. Uh, then I went to JUCO, which I went to Cerritos Community College. Um, I went to three schools. I went to Mount Sac. Yeah. Um, I believe no, no, my fault. Two schools: Mount Sac and Cerritos. And we ended up going to Cerritos just for the, the academics we felt were better over there because I wanted to get out in one year. So that's the decision I made, and it worked out. And then how, how did K-State – you know, I went to Arizona State. They At that time, they recruited a lot of JUCO guys as well. But uh, just a decision, who else were you recruited by and how you ended up getting to Kansas, Kansas State? Yeah, so my first offer was from Indiana State, a small – D1 AA, and I took my visit there, but I wanted to go somewhere bigger uh, than Fresno State. And then my next offer was Kansas State, so that was the first big school to offer me. And after Kansas State offered me, my next offer was from Miami, and I start, they start rolling in Miami, Arkansas, Nebraska, Syracuse, et cetera, et cetera, Colorado. But um, I only, I only uh, took two visits, and that was Indiana State and Kansas State. And the reason why I committed to Kansas State is because they were the first big school to take a risk on me. Um, they were the first big school to offer me. And then my cousin went there, um, McGill, he went there. And then Darren Sproles, he went there. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, so. Tyler, Tyler Lockett didn't pull you over, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, Lockett, yeah, Lockett too. But um, Terrence Newman. So I was just, you know. I was very intrigued when I went on my visit, seeing the fans, because we went to a basketball game, and it just felt good. So it felt right. Yeah, man, got it. You got to go with what feels right, especially when you're being recruited. My my next question for you, DJ, yeah. is, man, one, congratulations on the pick. Two, 
I want to thank you for bringing back celebrations. The Hawks receiver crew had yeah. celebration for days last week. Uh, what made you? It was was a hot potato. Is that what I was saying? Yeah, it was a form of hot potato. I really just wanted all my guys to touch the ball so they could get that confidence. Because once you get a pick, once you touch that football, man, you know your hands just feel ten times bigger. So I just wanted all my all my guys to touch the ball, and I felt like me getting that pick was contagious to everybody eating on the defense. Hey, tell us about the whole. You've got the you get the peck injury. You get released by the Forty ers The Seahawks pick you up, and John Schneider's always looking out for that type of opportunity. But but talk about the injury. Were, were you surprised to be released? And then just uh, how quickly the whole thing with the Seahawks transpired. Yeah, I wouldn't say I was surprised to be released. It was it was definitely something that could happen. I wasn't naive to that, but I was a little surprised with just with how everything went down because when I tore my pack after I tore it, um, basically when they called me, you know, when I when I got the call from Lynch to come up there and talk to him, he just basically said like nobody would be nobody would take me. It would be extremely rare. Nobody would pick me up. Like I would just, you know, come back next year to the Niners. So and even my agent told me that because that, that's just rare for someone to pick you up with a torn pet, you know? Yeah. So my mindset just went from, okay, I'm going to just spend this time with my family and just relax and, <laughs> you know, take this time to get closer to God and just chill with my family. And then the next day when they called me, um, my agent told me three teams were very interested, and it was the Bills, it was the Seahawks, and the Texans. And then the Seahawks pulled the string at 12 o'clock. And um, obviously when they pulled the string, my mindset changed completely, and I wanted to rehab and get back into playing football again. Man, that's awesome. I love um, those type of stories because those are the type of things that people don't really know about. You know, there are battles that athletes go through uh, when they're not healthy and just being mentally tough. So, man, I'm glad you got another chance to live your dream and made the most out of an opportunity. First game back against the team that uh, told you that no one was going to pick you up and you get a pick. Man, did you did you say something to somebody out there? (laughs) What was that like? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I kept it professional, man, because at the end of the day, I understand this is a business, and you don't ever want to burn bridges. And, you know, Lynch came up to me before the game and said, it's great to see you out here. Um, he was just like, it's good seeing you. And, you know, I dapped him up. And same as Hightower, the special teams coach, he uh, he showed me love before the game and just said, uh, miss you, man, love you and all that. So, you know, I just responded back, I love you too, I appreciate it. But obviously, I was focused on the game. And then uh, afterwards, you know, I got love from Saul, the defense coordinator. Um, and also, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, I told I told Dr. McAdams, that's the team doctor over there, he did both of my surgeries. So I had surgery on my pec um, recently. And then my rookie year, I had surgery on my labrum. And I just told him thank you for the successful surgeries he's done because he, he did a great job with the surgery that I've had. So, you know, it was all love at the end of the day, but obviously, you know what I'm saying, it was definitely motivation for me to come back when we played the Niners for my first game. Like, I was definitely motivated by that. Well, we're we're happy with uh, the results. You know, it, it, interesting to, for you to talk about Lynch and, and probably Shanahan and all those guys. I mean, it just shows 
it sounds like classy organization because I think you hear a lot from yeah. former players as well when they leave the Seahawks also and you know that that's good to, good to hear bad for the Seahawks because that means uh, the battle between the 49ers is going to live on uh, I'm going to move to Buffalo because yeah Buffalo man you hear Buffalo forever 20 years you play in Buffalo Buffalo is pretty good I mean they're six and two this Josh Allen I mean he's I think he's the real deal too I mean athletic strong arm they got some great receivers digs obviously Cole Beasley talk about the challenges in this game coming up yeah I look at it as it's going to be a, a great matchup it's going to be fun I feel like our defense is starting to mold and click you know we're getting some key guys back um, Jamal, um, Dunlap, we're getting a lot of, you know, guys back. So it's going to be, you know, very fun to see how everything gels together. Um, but, you know, Josh Allen, he's a great quarterback. You know, he has a big frame, 6'5", I believe, 230-something. So he's really like a, a tight end when he's running the ball out there. So, you know, you got to be ready to bring him down. Um, he has a great arm. So he's definitely a, a great dual, a dual threat. Um, same as Diggs, he's uh, their go-to receiver. He's very good in and out of his breaks, explosive. You know what I'm saying? Does a good job after the catch. So we're going to have to do a great job on him. Same as Cole Beasley. You know, he's been doing it for a while now. Um, just very productive in the slot. So, man, we're looking forward to the matchup. It's going to be very fun. Like, that's what we live for is a play on Sunday. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm sure everybody's looking forward to the challenge. Man, love the mentality. We're talking to DJ Reed here on Hawks Live. DJ, before I let you go, I got a question for you. What is it like in the DB room? Now, my experience is you DBs, man. You guys talk the most trash. We're just confident. Yeah. Confident, super competitive. You know, what? what's it yeah. like in that DB room? And who's the loudest in that DB room? <laughs> I would say, man, uh, honestly, you know, DBs were outspoken. And I would say in our film room, if we don't agree with something, you know, we speak up, and I feel like that's growth. Because you don't want a DB room that's quiet, that just says, you know, yes, like you're just yes man to the coaches. Like if we have a problem with something or we feel like we're in an uncomfortable situation as far as on the field, we speak up. And um, our coaches, Coach Dre, he does a great job of listening and bringing it, you know, forward to uh, Pete Carroll to see what we could do to make things better because, you know, Everything isn't perfect, but we got to find a way to get the job done, and I feel like everyone communicates that. What do you say? Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. You said what? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. As far as the most outspoken, man, I don't know, man. We got a lot of guys that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that speak their mind, so I, I can't really say there's one person that stands out. A lot of personalities in there. And, Michael, what he's saying is we usually talk about the wide receivers, how we can make them better people, better players. Okay? So hey, well, we appreciate your contribution to society, <laughs> you DBs out there. Hey, DJ, man, appreciate you taking time. Um, Cali, stand up. We got to represent. got three right. Cali dudes right here, man. Uh, continued success. Keep doing your thing, man. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. All right, coming up next, we'll go inside the film room and revisit the biggest plays from the Seahawks win over the 49ers. That's around a corner on Hawks Live. Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Hawks Live every Thursday with me and Paul Moyer on 7. Do you even know who this ESPN. is? I'm going to just say Led Zeppelin. I don't know who is this, Paul. I thought this was your bump music. No, nah, it's your bump music. Oh, no, nah, I think this is the Cars, man. No, nah, this is no. No. 
No, I don't know who this is. No, you don't. I don't know who this is. I was waiting for some hip-hop or some anything where I could surprise you. Last week, we set the tone. So they're, I know. they're playing stuff that they think that you're going to know. This week? Yeah. That's what they're doing. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you, baby. Matt, we're going to have to have a conversation. <laughs> All right. We're going inside the film room. This first play we're going to break down is the guy we just spoke to, DJ Reed, intercepts Jimmy Garoppolo in the first quarter. Empty backfield. Four-man rush by the Hawks. Garoppolo stops, starts, looks, throws an interception. Picked off down near the 15-yard line by the Hawks. Reaching up, making the interception is one of the new kids on the block. DJ Reed just activated today. Reed, a former San Francisco 49er himself, read that play perfectly, picks it off, and the Seahawks in back-to-back plays don't get a takeaway and then do get a takeaway. Quick summary. One, couldn't be happier for Reed. Yes. I mean, you know, the whole 49er thing, we just had him on for those who are listening Awesome. Really good interception. And it just shows his quickness on Kittle, who is the best tight end in the NFL, who runs a quick out and he's he's got he's taken the out away, comes back to make this interception. The third quick summary before I break this this play out. All right. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G. Your boy. Is not. Your boy. He's below a good quarterback. He's below. Below. He's, he's top fifteen. He's not top fifteen quarterbacks in the league. All right, give him fifteen. <laughs> 16, right in the middle. 16. Give him right in the middle. Okay. I mean, so let me describe this play. So, first of all, they line up, and they've got three wide three wide receiver look to our left. Kittle's the third wide receiver, and they got two wide receivers. Oh, no, you have to specify. You're, you're talking defense to the left. That throws me off. To sometimes. the defense left. Defense left. Right. Okay. And to the offense right. Thank you. And, um, and then they motion McKinnon, who's lined up as a kind of a fourth guy to the Defense is left, offense is right. He motions to the offense is left, defense is right. And so they line up in this little stack position with Dunt, or with Pettis yeah. uh, there. What's really interesting is this third down and four or five, and McKinnon runs this kind of delay angle route, right? And yeah. I think it's more of an option route. He just turns and hits the sticks. He's sitting about a yard past the, the first down. Why Garoppolo came off of him quick I have no idea I think he's looking for Pettis on the out route Mm -hmm. and because Ryan Neal reroutes him jams him and this is the one thing I want to come back I go man if you're listening to me this is what (laughs) you need to do more of we've got to challenge routes off the line of scrimmage this little thing right here stops really if you look at the other receivers on the other side it's about a three four yard difference in and um, stretching the defense, the corners, the safeties. Garoppolo, again, he's got the angle option route to McKinnon. I don't know why he comes off it, but he comes off it really quick, comes back to a secondary option, really should have probably looked for the seam route, which was open. Yep. Um, but, again, this is where Reed is – this is why we we picked him up. We kept him with this peck injury, thinking he would have a chance to come back this year. He healed quickly. His quickness and recovery on this and ball skills really good. It's a horrible throw. Yeah. It's a throw way inside, and that Kittle slips, and it's still way inside of him. Right when he's coming back to the to the inside. So great interception, horrible by the quarterback. Huge play because there were two drives in this game that they had a chance to score and jump on us early. This was the second one. We turned them away both times, and we ended up going down and scoring on this drive after. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at that. 
combination between Pettis and McKinnon. And this is why I think Jimmy Garoppolo goes off of that route quickly. Because in practice, Pettis has been getting an outside release on that flat defender, holding that leverage. So once he saw he didn't have leverage on that guy, he panicked and he flips back that way. First of all, that should be your read side anyway. Wherever Kittle is in the pass game should be your read side. Um, So he goes back to Kittle. Kittle slips, yes, but Reed is in great position. Reed goes, look, you're not going to beat me outside. I'm going to keep outside leverage. Uh, I know I have help inside because that's where its help is, right? I'm going to make sure I have outside. I'm going to force you inside back to my help. Kettle slips. Jimmy throws a horrible football. Get Jimmy off schedule, and you have a chance to make plays. So here's an, an unnoticed piece to it. Stefan Sullivan is our left defensive end. He, he, he flashes. He gets pressure wide, which makes Garoppolo have to come back, step up, and Reed has just enough pressure where his foot is almost stepped on at the very end. I, I don't know if that influences him, if he doesn't like people around him, but, I, man, this Stefan Sullivan little deal could experiment. It could be good. Could be good. It's, you know, He's got to work on his pad level. It's it's a little, it's a little high. It's I mean, high. it's he stands straight up. I would like to tell him, hey, like a forty yard dash. We're not standing straight up right from the get go. Yeah, not standing straight up. All, all right. right, this next one, I'm not saying a word. No, no, this hey, is all on hey, you. You're not going to say a word. Introduce it then. Can you all right, this it? is this is the freak. And by the way, real quick, we call him the freak in a really positive way. <laughs> if someone called you a freak, how would you feel about that? Uh, I'm 5'11", 185, 190, so I'd be like, what you 185, exactly 190 right now? are you talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, I thought yeah. maybe 193. All right. Okay. No, this what, what is... What we got here? What we got here? This is uh, first touchdown of the game, and it's the freak, and I would love to say it's a great throw, but to me, this is all DK. I, they walk the strong safety up to the line of scrimmage, and he does come. Russ looks, throws back inside, ball is caught. It's Metcalf, who makes one man now, two men miss. 30, 25, 20, turns up field. They don't touch him. Touchdown, Seahawks. How in the world did he tiptoe up the sidelines? Two defenders breaking on him, and nobody touched him. And DK Metcalf starts far on the left, comes all the way across the field, and scores from 46 out. The Seahawks are on the board first, 6 nothing. This is pure manipulation of the defense. You look at these routes that are going on. To DK's side, you have a back that is going out to the flat. He's going to take care of the flat defender. All right, you have... Lockett, who is running a seam. You're running a seam against a one high. Actually, it's more of a post against a one high. You know, you're not getting this football. You're going to run right into that single safety. Then you have Hollister running a seam. Russell does a great job of looking away from DK to manipulate this defense. And now DK just gets 10 yards. He snaps his hips. Boom. Russell leads him to the middle of the field. Yes, Russell had to at least throw a, a good football there. I give, I give him a little. Leads him to the middle of the field. And after this, you know my coach, Michael uh, Levenseller, Washington State, uh, was an offensive coordinator, my receiver coach there. He goes, look, I can get you open. After that, go for what you know. I can't teach you how to run with the football in your hand. That's exactly what happened right here. Now, DK works his way across the field, makes a move on a linebacker, picks up a block from Hollister, picks up a block. 
uh, excuse me, from who's is that the, Disley? Is that, that's Disley and Hollister out there. Yeah. Picking up blocks, gets to the sideline, and now you get your knees up, you get on your horse, and you do what your DNA says you're best at. That is scoring touchdowns. Yeah, it could be Olsen. I'm not sure. They're, all I know is there's two tight ends yeah. that are lined up inside and outside of Tyler Lockett, and Tyler runs that deep backside sail route, right? And so sail means you're going for the flag, the, the end corner. And we could say a deep crossing route, whatever you want to say. They have seen that so many times. The safety, free safety, as you mentioned, was single. He jumps it. Yep. And so there's now basically two guys on the other side with the tight ends, and DK's going to outrun anybody who's sitting on the outside of him on a crossing route. Forget that. Look, we, we've probably spent more time on this than needed. This is just DK. He's a freak. Yeah. This is the difference between a really a 15, maybe 20-yard route, 46-yard touchdown. Now, I, I, from our, our opening, I said, you know, San Francisco's playing Green Bay at 7 nothing, and they got a guy in the end zone. It's an easy catch and, and touchdown. He doesn't drag his foot properly. It, it ends up being 7-3. That's the difference between playmakers. And the, I can be... A fantastic coach. If you give me enough DK Metcalf, Russell <laughs> William, or uh, uh, Russell Wilson, I could be an offensive coordinator, yeah. and I could be pretty good. Not as good as the one we have, but you know, I could probably get a job if I got enough of those you get guys. A job, you can get a gig out yes. there somewhere. It's thirty-two teams. Out yes. There. All right. This next play: Bobby Wagner sacks Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo takes the shotgun snap. Seven-step drop gets hit. Bobby Wagner just drills him and drops him back at the 15-yard line. Dave, you've been talking about that. Bobby has come three or four times. That time he breaks free and is in the backfield. Garoppolo is dropped, and now the Seahawks are going to get the ball back in pretty good field position. Well, really well-designed play. But, you know, I love this play so much. I, I want to hear it one more time. And here's why. Why? Because I've been waiting for Bobby to really come with it. Can we hear it one more time? Garoppolo takes the shotgun snap. Seven-step drop gets hit. Bobby Wagner just drills him and drops him back at the 15-yard line. Dave, you've been talking about that. Bobby has come three or four times. That time he breaks free and is in the backfield. Garoppolo is dropped, and now the Seahawks are going to get the ball back in pretty good field position. You know what? Here's what happened here. Here, I'll, I'll break it down for you, Paul. I'll break it down. All right, so. Bobby lines up over the center in the uh, the one-tech position. Now, what I love about this play is that Sullivan is on a stunt. This is what I want to see. Sullivan has been rushing through the outside most of the game. He spins inside. DJ Reed makes a move, confusing the offensive line. You want to get these guys to communicate. Now, Bobby just wins his matchup one-on-one with the center. Oh, has man. great hands right there. It's almost like he's been down with the receivers, Paul, working on releases because I saw this is right here. Great hands. Hands, gets to the quarterback, makes the offensive line have to communicate. We need to see more of this. Yeah, you know, th- this is a really well-designed play, like I said earlier. Jordan Brooks comes in on a stunt from, you know, off to the defense's left. He's lined up on, I, I think it's Kittle at the time, the-, the receiver. He's got a long way to go. Without him, the, line- the-, the running back probably picks up to help Bobby Wagner. Yep. But the reason why I love this play, and it's actually the same as his uh, other sack also, he beats the center quick. And he's a tough guy to match up. I mean, he's so athletic. Centers have a hard time with him. He also ran over the running back in his other sack. 
He, he, he two guys on this one. This one, he, again, it's just athleticism. He speed rushes the center out wide. There's you can't. There's no way he can move his feet in the center to get him. Bobby could go almost all the way out to the tackle and come around. He's so fast and athletic. There's no way he can pick this up. And this stunt by Brooks coming in is is the reason why Wagner gets a sack because the running back doesn't come off on Brooks. Yep. Brooks ends up killing Garoppolo. So I'm I'm just excited. It's not a a. I think we did send six guys. We need to see more of this. We got to trust our secondary to cover. I think we can. We can take chances. There's times, let's say one out of three times it doesn't work, but that one puts them in a hole, whether it's second down and 20 or third down, we're off the field. I feel you. We need to see more of this, all right? Coming up next, we have Around the NFL. I want to encourage you guys to text us. You got something you want to say, text us at 710-710. But up next, a 16-team playoff. A funeral service for the 49ers. Paul Moore and I take you around the NFL coming up on a Hawks Live Texas 710-710. Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Michael Bumpus and Paul Moore every Thursday at 7 right here at CenturyLink on 710 ESPN. Paul, who is this? I need you. I don't know. <laughs> no idea. So here's the deal. Next week, just to plug our show. Right, Next right. week, I will be with Matt. Okay. We will put all the bump music what do you, what, together. What, what do you mean with Matt? You're, you're not going to be here with me? You're gonna no, be Matt and I are going to talk okay. with, with NASA. Okay. NASA will ultimately make the decision yeah. like he always does. But I wanna, I'm going to have some input into the bump music. And we're going to see, because last week I went four for five. I'd like yeah. to think five for five, but I, yeah. I really missed the one. We're going to see how good you are okay. with Moye bump music. I'm with that. I'm with All that. Right. All right. Well, let's go around the NFL. Where is the music? Can I get the music? No. All right. This is what we're going to do, Paul. There it is. It's official. You hear the music. It is real. All right, Paul. What are your thoughts on the potential of a 16-team playoff? Why punish the teams that were able to make it through the season without an outbreak and the number one seed who then would have to play wild card weekend? Obviously, it really depends on where you are as a fan, <laughs> right? You know, if you're yeah. right now, if you're four and three or five and three, and you're out of the playoff hunt because um, there's some good teams. You know, you're like, yeah, this is awesome for the Seahawks, and and that's what we're talking about. To me, it's disastrous. I I mean, there's two things. One is, why would you make the number one seed not have the opportunity to to have a bye week and and get rested up? And two, man, we're during COVID. There is no home field advantage. Every Uh, game's a neutral game. This is the one time to be 10 and 6. Yeah. Because I'm not afraid of going on the road to anybody. No one's afraid to come up here to Seattle. I mean, you and I and and NASA and the other guys, we're in the suite. We're yelling. But we're not making a lot of noise. Yeah. You know, there's no one jumping off sides because of it. It's it's (laughs) horrible. Don't do it. Why would you reward teams and right now i'm looking at the teams that would be rewarded the rams would be rewarded uh the bears would be rewarded there with three losses look if we went and played the bears or the rams at home first game no bye week right look could we lose to those two teams absolutely those are good teams you come in a full house that's a whole nother story in seattle so you got to give the number one seed, number two. You got to give them some reward, right? Yeah. And the reward is 
a week off to get healthy. Yeah, this isn't the NBA where the number one plays to eight and you're probably just going to smash them in, in five games and, and you're good to go. This is the NFL where guys are going to be banged up. This is why you love that first-round buy. It gives you a chance to get healthy. gives you a chance to prepare. This is probably the, this is the one reason why you want that first seed. Granted, the, your path to the NFC Championship, AFC Championship is easier, but the main thing is health. Let these guys have a bye, get healthy, and prepare. I don't like this at all. I'm with you, Paul. Don't reward these teams. Doesn't make don't sense. Don't reward them. You know, it is so weird to watch the 49ers and New Orleans and the Bucks because other teams were, were battling for the number one seed. With, yeah. right, and it, but part of me goes, who cares? Just be healthy. It's a neutral field. Yeah. We play well on a neutral field. You know, obviously we're undefeated at home right now, but it's just a different year. Okay, next question. Tua got yeah. his start. Now, a lot of people were scratching their heads, why would you do this? And the word on the street is that Miami has a couple of first-round picks coming up next year. So they want to see what Tua is all about. So let's get him going now. My concern was Fitzpatrick has his Fitzmagic going. Let him ride this wave. And then if he falters, then you bring Tua in. He, he goes out there. He has, what, 90 yards passing, 12 for 22, something like that. Nothing impressive. He wins a ball game. But really, that defense won that ball game. That special teams won that oh, ball yeah. game. What are your thoughts on Tua? Not enough information yet. You know, he didn't do much. You know, last week, obviously, he won. It's still weird to me. They're four and three. They're in the playoff hunt. They've won three games in a row now. Their defense was pretty much New England's defense from a couple years ago. They got half their linebackers. Actually, they do have half their linebackers. It's it's weird to me. When's the last time a, a rookie quarterback won the Super Bowl? Never. Not never. Right. How, when's the last time a rookie, and I don't even know the answer to this, has even been to the Super Bowl? Not much. And probably never. Wanna, Maybe one. I want to say, didn't Ben Roethlisberger go as a nah, rookie? Nah, he beat the Seahawks, but he wasn't a rookie. No? Nah. I don't think so. So, whatever it is, it's not much. So, you're kind of telling people, look, we're going to cut your Social Security. Right? <laughs> we're Not all of it. We're going to cut it. In other words, we're, you're not getting to all of it. And that's kind of what you're saying to the to the, your team is we're playing for next year. We're, we're not, we, we may get to the playoffs. We're going to have fun. But we're putting this guy in a position to, to learn what it's like to be in a playoff hunt and all that stuff. It's just weird to me. Cause, and you're doing it when you're winning. And it, you're winning ball games. You, you are in the hunt for the division. And you're saying, you know what? Let's roll the dice. I, I know, I, I know I, I've, I've won 500 bucks at this table right now. Forget it. Let's, let's just throw 400 on on whatever and roll the dice and see what happens. I think as a veteran, that messes up your mentality. As a young guy, you're kind of like, okay, I'm going to grow with Tua, so I'm with this. But those veterans who are like, look, this is our chance to win the division that yeah. was untouchable for 20 years. You're killing me, coach. I know. You got Buffalo in there, too. Yeah, I think it's uh, you know, the part I was throwing about the Social Security is it, it may need to be a legit conversation. You just got to be a really good leader and salesman mm-hmm. to sell it. And I think they got a head coach has pulled it off. And so I, I don't think they're done. I think their defense is legit. We when we played them, you know, we were we were on a bit of a roll. We went on the road there, and, and I thought we played one of our better games also. Um, so I, I think this thing works out. If they get to the playoffs with him as a rookie, wow, that's a win-win with all their draft pick coming up. All right, here, here's the big one for you, Paul. Moore. Yeah, 
Antonio Brown. He is suiting up for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. What do you expect out of this guy? A lot. (laughs) I want to say nothing, but um, look, he's such a gifted talent, you guys. Even at his age, he's a hard worker. You know, for can exclude any off-field pieces to it. Just what is he as a football player? Unbelievable. And here's why I think he's going to be phenomenal. Tom Brady's never had a guy like him. He's never had a guy like he has. Who? Randy. Yeah, but Randy at the Oh, okay, Randy good, like good comparison. Touchdowns. You know what? Really good comparison. In, in their 30s, yeah. um, you're right. Randy came on, deep threat. Different player because yeah. you're going to have more of an intermediate route guy who can run, take a slant for a touchdown yeah. versus Randy who's a go guy. Yeah, really good point on that. But he's never had a Mike Evans, an Antonio Brown, a Godwin, two phenomenal tight ends, protection. I'm like, wow. You know, so I think A.B. is going to be, is he going to get 10 catches a game now? Because they're going to spread it around. They're still going to run it. They're going to try and win the football game. But it just goes to show you again, why is New England struggling so much? Tommy Boy. They don't have players. Why is all of a sudden Tampa Bay, this team that is a concern for the Seahawks, they got a pretty good defense, inconsistent right now. But my goodness, offensively with Tom Brady, who knows exactly where to go? The football is is going to put it in the right pocket. Antonio Brown is going to kill it. Even if Antonio Brown doesn't get the football, he is going to stretch out the defense. Absolutely. I mean, these guys are going to work together. Godwin's working for Evans. Evans working for Brown. Brown's working for Godwin. Gronk is going to do all the dirty work. Goodness gracious! And then you still have Fournette. You got Roe Jones back oh, there. I forgot the about position. Fournette. Yeah. You have a defense who plays well. At they the come time. after you. This is the team to look after. This is why a 16-game playoff team is horrible. We need them to play in the wild card round, get knocked off. (laughs) And all those teams get knocked, and then we come and play. They're they're actually the NFC. There are no patsies. All right. Well, getting the sign to wrap it up, man. Just just that segment. That segment is awesome. We still got a close to go. We got to close it up. All right. Well, coming up next. Me, Michael Bumpus, my guy, Paul Boyer. We will give you our final thoughts right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Yes, yes, yes. Me and Paul Boyer, Michael Bumpus. It's 710 ESPN Hawks Live every Thursday at 7. We're wrapping this thing up, Paul. And these guys bounce back. They beat the 49ers. They do what they're supposed to do. Now they're going east to play a football team that is dangerous. I want the 12s to realize they have weapons on offense that are going to challenge this defense. But the defense isn't what we saw in 2019, so that is what is keeping us optimistic. I think we're optimistic regardless because this offense is going to put up 35 points. But talk about this offense, Paul. What are you seeing? Well, I think, you know, offensive line. Are you talking about Buffaloes? Buffaloes, yes. Uh, Yeah, they're – uh, unconventional, um, uh, a lot like ours, rely on their quarterback uh, to make plays. And look, Josh Allen, you guys, <laughs> it, it's I, I mentioned this earlier. It's it's similar to being in the Northwest where people don't really recognize you. Look how long it's taken Russell Wilson to get the kind of love and, and respect that he deserves and, and is warranted. 
You know, Josh Allen is is a really good quarterback. Yes. Uh, you know, he's young. He's still, you know, he's not. He doesn't make the decisions quite like Russell William or Russell Wilson does. But man, his arm strength, his athleticism, he can run the ball. It's it's going to be a battle for us. You know, and they got weapons all over the uh, the place at wide receiver, running back. They're deep. Uh, it, it's it's a really good football team. We're going to have to score thirty plus. I, yeah. I believe that. That's can, that's every game, right? We just have to score well, thirty plus. It helps. It helps. I mean, when we scored thirty plus, we we're, we're not undefeated, um, but we haven't lost in regulation yet. We have not been behind. I love your view. You know what? I love your outlook on life. Haven't I lost in regulation. I mean, think about that. It's not in regulation. Think about that. I mean, it just shows the the one thing about the Seahawks. Um, I was thinking about Tampa Bay. What's the difference? We're consistent. You know what we're going to get. I mean, we may not be pretty on defense, but you know what we're going to get. We're going to give up some yards and some points probably in the fourth quarter. We're going to play it pretty tight to the vest the first three quarters. Probably going to get a double-digit lead because our offense is so explosive, and we're having a quarterback who's playing maybe the greatest year in in, in history of, of quarterbacks. And some people say, what? I'm like, Go watch him play. The, the the touchdown that we had last week when he stepped up in the pocket and hit David Moore on the cross from route. I, just go watch it. Replay it over and over. And I want you to think and how fast things are coming. What would you have done? What would I have What done? would you have done? I would have ran the rock. Or you would have, or maybe you wouldn't even have stepped up in the pot, but maybe you would have just gotten blindsided. Maybe you nah, would have just said, hey, not, Mommy! Not me, Paul. I'm just saying. I'm stepping up in the pot. I know. And I'm running in the zone. Well, you weren't running out because Russell wasn't <laughs> running. He was about, he got hit in the legs. He's airborne, and he flicks the ball to, to more. It's it's such an amazing throw, and there's more of those in the game. You know, it goes back to the, the most difficult catch, high, least probability catch in the NFL this year. It was early in the year when he threw the one in the sideline against Cowboys, to, I believe, to David Moore again. Yeah. So Demo and, and Russell have this and, and love the, relationship. And the year before, he threw one of the most improbable catches to Tyler, Tyler Lockett, Lockett in the back of the end zone against Which the we saw another one two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, it's on and on. So he's... He's so phenomenal, you guys. It's so just enjoy it because uh, we'll never see this again in Seahawks history. Never see it again. Well, these guys are going east to the East Coast to play the Buffalo Bills, and hopefully they come back with a victory. Before we get out of here, special thanks to Sal Capaccio, DJ Reed, and John Clayton for joining the show. Our board operator is Tariq. The Seahawks pregame show is live this Sunday starting at 8 p.m., before I get out of here, also big thanks to NASA Chobi, my guy, our producer. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bumpus, with Paul Moyer. We'll be back Thursday right here on Hawks Live.